Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. Alright guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q, coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. How's everybody doing out there on this lovely Wednesday, the 1st of June, 2022? June? June? Oh my god, where's the year going? I know one thing though, it's hot as freaking balls outside that's for sure i just want some rain can i can i get some rain um and i guess it's also uh gay pride month so we got that going for us so you know there's always that but anyway uh, i got a couple subjects i want to talk about i'm not going to dwell too much and try and bring you a nice little show here on a wednesday afternoon i uh, give you guys something to stew over and be pissed off about um including this very first story that we're going to jump into now, on the last show, I was telling you about the uh, Sussman verdict. The uh, jury was in delib- had started deliberations on Friday. And uh, here it is Wednesday. Uh, obviously, they were off for Memorial Day on Monday. But then Tuesday, they came back with a verdict. And uh, uh, shockingly enough, he was found not guilty. I, I know everyone's shocked. But... Um, I played this particular clip the other from um, Fox the other day uh, where uh, Jonathan Turley, he's a lawyer professor out of one of the colleges, and um, he had this to say. It was very interesting. The problem for Durham is the jury and the judge. I mean, he's facing a jury that has three Clinton donors, an AOC donor, and a woman whose daughter is on the same sports team with Sussman's daughter. I mean, the exception of randomly selecting people out of the DNC headquarters, you could not come up with a worse jury. So, obviously, you have (laughs) three Clinton donors, an AOC donor, a woman whose daughter is on the same sports team as the defendant, what the hell else do you think was going to happen? You only needed one of those people to fuck things up. But not only that, he's not guilty. So let's read the specifics here. The jury on Tuesday found Michael Sussman not guilty of making false statements to the FBI in September of 16 when he said he was not working on behalf of any client when he brought information alleged to con- uh, convert communication channels between the Trump Organization and Russia's Alpha Bank. After a two-week trial and more than a day of deliberation, the jury found that uh, special counsel John Durham's team had not proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Sussman's statement was a lie and that he was, in fact, working on behalf of Hillary Clinton's campaign and technology executive Rodney Joffe. So I guess my question is, where does it go from here? Where do we go from here? Um... The, what was his name? I can't think. Mook, whatever is the, the one guy that worked for the, uh, in the Clinton campaign, came out saying that Hillary knew about this. 
Where in the fuck was the lie? And I talked about this on the last show. Was it a lie because, or was it not a lie, I should say, because he said that he lied but then didn't lie? So it cleared up the lie? This is the bullshit, and this is the deep state stuff that we talk about. And this is the stuff that really just pisses me off. This dude is guilty. And he's probably guilty of more than what he did. That was that should have been the one thing that got him, uh, you know, imprisoned, convicted, whatever. So where does where does this all go from here? Are they even going to bother going any further with this, Rodney Joffe? I mean, all the evidence I've read to you guys over the past six months of this whole situation. How can you say that this guy is not guilty, Rodney Jaffe? I mean, they're probably not going to bring him up on charges. I, I'd be almost willing to bet this whole thing just goes away. And it's very, it's very upsetting because I, I don't, well, really, I don't even know why I'm upset because we knew this shit was going to happen. We knew that he was going to walk. And like I said, even if he had been found guilty, he would have gotten off on a pardon and still would have been no more than uh, the fifth lawyer on the team happened to get uh, convicted for whatever, and Hillary Clinton's still high and dry. It's it's just the way it is. Everyone knew this uh, trial going forward in D.C. that, and this was just would have been with a random jury selection. They didn't think it was going to get an acquittal or, you know, that he wasn't going to be found guilty because of where it is in D.C. with all the people that are there. And um, to, to furthermore that you had AOC donors and Clinton donors and a lady that's kid plays on the same sports team as Sussman. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, we pretty much knew that this was going to happen. So, I guess I shouldn't be upset and just be status quo because, you know, that's what they do in D.C. All right, on to further stories. So, the, um, yeah, the stuff with stuff, right? (laughs) So, the Valde um, shooting, the Texas school shooting, um, I guess there was a brief moment in time where it didn't seem like they were going to investigate this a whole lot but there's just too much public outcry for this whole situation but now the Uvalde Police Department and Uvalde Independent School District Police Force are no longer cooperating with the Texas Department of Public Safety's investigation into the massacre at Robb Elementary School in the state's review of the law enforcement response multiple law enforcement sources tell ABC News The Uvalde police chief and spokesperson for the Uvalde Independent School District did not immediately respond to requests for comments. According to the sources, the decision to stop cooperating occurred soon after the director of the DPS, Colonel Stephen McCraw, held a news conference Friday during which he said the delayed police entry into the classroom was a wrong decision and contrary to protocol. Um... Reached by ABC News, a spokesperson for the Texas Department of Public Safety said the Uvalde Police Department and Uvalde CISD uh, police have been cooperating with investigators. The chief 
of the Uvalde CISD police provided an inter- uh, initial interview, but has not responded to a request to follow up interview with the Texas Rangers was made two days ago. Um, last Tuesday's attack was one of the worst school shootings in U.S. history, le- leaving 19 children and two adults dead. So, this particular incident, obviously, they're focusing so much attention on this, I, I would assume, because children were involved. The Buffalo shooting at the store is pretty much taking the back seat to this. Interest- interestingly enough, both... both um, Perpetrators were 18 years old. Um, they all kind of fit the check the boxes, I guess, so to speak, of all the, um, you know, what they want to push. So, like in Buffalo, you have a white w- w- kid, whatever, whatever you want to call him. He was white, AR-15, shot up a grocery store, killing 10 black people. Then, so that checks boxes, even though it wasn't kids involved, it wasn't a school shooting, it was still a mass shooting with the, with the, the evil AR-15. And then, then you go to the school shooting. So, um, I, I was talking about this the other day, and I really pray to God that I'm wrong in the sense that these are random acts of violences, a violence session. Where it's not, and what I mean by that, it's not... What we think it is, where it's a deep state operation to, you know, push a narrative of getting rid of guns. I mean, like I said, I pray to God I'm wrong, but it feels like we're not wrong. Because if you've ever noticed, and I'm not saying it's always a school shooting, the the Buffalo grocery store situation, you know, that shooting could have sufficed. Um, like I said, it checked the boxes that they wanted to do. The only difference was the kid involved initially was portrayed as a, you know, white, or he was a white supremacist, I shouldn't say that, but as a right wing, uh, GOP, blah, 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 whatever. And he was just a white supremacist and he was a Democrat, uh, oddly enough. So I kind of think that's why that story went away. Now, if we're also right about the fact that we think that these kids that are involved in these situations, the Parkland shooting, the Sandy Hook shooting, now Uvalde, if these are all young people that are the perpetrators, are they under some psycho, you know, you know, drug, psych- psychotropic drugs? Are they being you know flashback to our DTOM show uh, MK Ultra is this a situation where this is still being portrayed now back in the day when MK Ultra was first being used it was LSD it was drugs now are these drugs uh quote unquote legal drugs you know like these uh drugs you you give to people that are having psychotic breaks or whatever to help calm them down or whatever the case may be and can they be activated somehow or another? Um, do they have a psychiatrist that's pushing that button? I don't know. I'm just I'm just asking questions here, and I could be way off base. But if if these situations are linked in a sense that we need, 
you know, we, we talk about this a lot, and you, you might even hear it on other podcasts where people, they'll say, okay, we need another shooting to push a narrative. Um, and they're slowly chipping away at that Second Amendment. And it's very aggravating that, um, that this is happening. Now, we're probably one of the only countries in the world that has a con- I mean a lot of most countries have a constitution of sort but <clears throat> our constitution gives the the people us the citizens you know unalienable rights but when this constitution was written 250 years ago I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth here. So when that constitution was written, you got to understand it was written by guys that just got done fighting for their independence from a tyrannical government. So in said constitution, the first 10 amendments were written by these gentlemen. And first one was freedom of speech because, and well, it wasn't even just freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech, religion, those things weren't able to be practiced under English law back in those days. Uh, the Second Amendment. Now, most people think of the Second Amendment as, I can buy as many guns as I want. And you're right, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But the idea behind the Second Amendment, Amendment was to ensure that everybody owned guns, to be able to stand up against a tyrannical government. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> when... And the reason I'm saying this is you're going to hear a lot of stuff where Biden's saying, you know, whatever, about, like, we're... The, <laughs> the idea behind the Second Amendment wasn't written to go to war with our own government, necessarily. It was written to combat a tyrannical government doesn't necessarily mean our governor but just just happens to be that our government is acting a fool you understand what i'm saying our government is going the way of the the british crown uh, via 17 you know 74 you know they tax us to no end you know when all of this started, when back in the mid 1700s, when all of this started, we were being taxed. You know, it was taxation with without res- representation. It was our right. You know, the colonist rights were being taken away. They were being treated as second class citizens to English people, and they were technically English. You know, people. It's not like they were you know foreigners. They were English. They were from England. But they were treated as second-class citizens, and they were being taxed on every little thing. It sounds vaguely familiar to what we're having to deal with now. Now, the argument would be made, well, back then, it was taxation without representation. So, technically, you're being represented. Well, that just means that all everyone in fucking Washington is a crook. doesn't matter. <laughs> That's why it's very important to... Um, to pay attention to who you're voting for. And, you know, that's a, that's an argument for another day. But anyway, so the Second Amendment was written so that 
if your government or any other government, China, Russia, whoever, reason no wars have been fought on this soil since then. I mean, we've had incidents, obviously, 9-11 and so on and so forth. Um, the only war that has been fought on these grounds since that document was written was us against us. <laughs> um, so it makes you wonder, you look at these other countries that have enacted gun confiscations and gun buybacks and making weapons illegal. You know, it's very hard to own weapons in a lot of other countries. And also in those countries, it's very easy for the government to push COVID restrictions and so on and so forth. Is that what we want here? I mean, a lot of us in this country went willy-nilly because we were scared of COVID. Then a lot of us said, fuck that shit, it's a cold, we'll be all right. Um, but look what's going on in Canada. So yesterday you have Justin Trudeau Castro. <laughs> uh, he, he comes across and says this. So if you don't know this in Canada, here's a little something for you from your We're prime minister. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes and will require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. These are actions that doctors, experts, and chiefs of police have been calling for for years, and we're acting on their advice. I also want to thank the advocates, many of whom are here today, for your tireless efforts. I know that for too many of you, Greece, Grief and loss are at the root of the work that you do. I want to recognize that, and on behalf of all Canadians, I want to thank you for your strength. Merci. All right, so there you go, Canada. Now, granted, the law has not passed yet. He's introducing legislation, but more than likely, it's going to pass. Now, I'm not very familiar with Canada's constitution and if they have a bill of rights and so on and so forth. But obviously this guy is learning well from his daddy that it doesn't matter what your rights are. It doesn't matter what you want. Um, you can still have a rifle, a long rifle, but it can't, the, you know, magazine can't hold more than five rounds. So, uh, you know, the argument there would be made that's five rounds is plenty to go uh, hunting. And that's true. But in this country, the Second Amendment wasn't written for hunting. It didn't say uh, anything about being able to shoot deer or pig or boar or <laughs> anything moose or you know anything like that. It's, it has nothing to do with hunting. 
The words hunting aren't anywhere in the Constitution. It's nowhere there. Um, it's about keeping the citizens of this country free, able to protect yourself from whomever that opposer is. Now, in Canada, God only knows how I, what, two, <laughs> two, three thousand miles away from Texas where this incident happened. And they're passing this law. And number two, it's handguns. This incident wasn't even with a handgun. It was with the deadly killing machine AR-15, but yet here we are. Or, you know, here's Canada, I should say. We, not yet anyway. But then, you know, furthermore, you have, you know, Poopy Pants himself. He's got to chime in. So it's going to be a little difficult to hear. Um, this was him getting off of the uh, chopper there. Chopper. And uh, a news reporter asks him a question pertaining to firearms. Oh, that it makes no sense to be able to purchase something that can fire up to 300 rounds. I know it makes, and I know what happened when we had rational action before, back in, in Franklin, which is the law that I got back. It is significantly cut down mass murder. And so there's only one reason for something that can fire, you know, 100 shots. I mean, and I, I'll just conclude with this. Look, when I first started doing hearings on the issue of what rational gun laws should be, it was during a period when I was a senator and the death rate was going up. Not that many more people were being shot, but the death rate was up. I wonder, I think it was, a, I'm not sure, I think it was Kahneman Hospital in New York, whatever the largest trauma hospital is. And I sat with a trauma doctor. I asked him, I said, what's the difference? Why are so many people, not, not that many more people are being shot. This is now 20 years ago, it was 25 years. I said, why are they dying? And they showed me a, 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 a x-ray. He said, a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in a lung, and we can probably get it out may be able to get it and save the life. A 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high-caliber weapons is of there is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just, and remember, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was back. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weapons. And those who, not many are saying anymore, but there was a while there where people were saying that, you know, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots, and what we have to do is have to be able to take on the government when they're wrong. Well, to do that, you need an F-15, you know? You need a Abrams tank. I mean, so it's just, I, I, think, things, I, I think things have gotten so bad. I want to interrupt real quick. The The tree of liberty is not watered with the blood of patriots. It's watered with the blood of tyrants. Number one. Number two. Nine millimeter is not a large caliber weapon. The reason most of your police force and policing agents, I should just say this, FBI, local police, whatever, use a 9mm weapon is because it has good stopping power 
but it doesn't necessarily kill. So let's finish hearing what else Dipshit McGee has to say. I know you want Congress to act, but do you believe as president you have a particular responsibility now? Oh, I know I have to. I, I, there's a constitution. I can't dictate this stuff. I can do the things I've done, and any executive action I can take, I'll continue to take. But I can't outlaw a weapon. I can't, you know, change the background check. I can't do that. And you know, my whole career I've been doing it. Persuasion, yeah. But you know, there's been a few things happening. I don't know you can it. You got the trouble. When McConnell, McConnell is ordered, uh, directed Senator Cornyn to search for a compromise, do you really think there's something there, or are they just Look, making I, noise? I, 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 I don't know, but I think there's a realization on the part of rational Republicans, and I consider McConnell a rational Republican, and Cornyn is as well. Um, I think there's a recognition in their part that the Navy can't continue like this. You can't do this. I've got to go in. i got the gold star Okay. The thing that worries me is Mitch McConnell's involved in this. Now, technically, yes, Republican. But much in the way of the bump stock after the Las Vegas shooting, they're going to give him something. What is that something? I don't know. But they're going to give him something. I guarantee you. They're going to placate to the situations of what happened. And they're going to do something. Um, I'm telling you guys right now. And I know there's people... And Chris is one of them who's like, voting's a waste of time. Look at the bullshit that just happened, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm, I'm hoping he's wrong. Um, but, you know, I was, I was raised to always be able to exercise your, your right to vote. And um, I pray that that is still a viable option. But assuming that it is... Pay attention to what's going on right now and who's voting and talking and saying, if you live in Kentucky, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for Mitch McConnell to fucking go. There's no compromise to the Second Amendment. What could you possibly do to compromise in this situation? Why is he even talking about a 9mm bullet? A large caliber 9 millimeter is not that fucking big of a bullet. Okay? Any bullet can be deadly depending on where you're shot. You can kill somebody with a 22. Okay? So, you know, you're going to start banning those? You know, a 22 just gives them their lung and they can get it out. A 9 millimeter blows out the lung. It does not. Even if you used a hollow point, it's just going to make a different pattern, you know, in the uh, the trail of the of the bullet. It's gonna it's gonna punch a bigger hole, but it's it's irritating. Listen to people talking about stuff that they don't know anything about, and obviously, he's using his talking points. So let's let's fact check the uh, quote unquote president. Okay, the first fact check I want to do is that, uh, you know, he claims that a 9mm bullet will blow the lung out of a body. Okay, first of all, that's false. And I'm going to tell you why. B 
because I said so. No. The 9mm <laughs> the round is widely popular for concealed carry because it has effective stopping and penetrating power without significant recoil. The round stopping power is also attractive for law enforcement, but that power does not translate into blowing organs out of the body. So we spoke to a Navy SEAL who is a ballistics expert, and his response to uh, Biden's statement was, New way. We also spoke to a federal agent with 15 years experience in the field, and his response was, Bullshit. (laughs) We spoke to another individual who has been a federal agent for nearly 20 years and was a local police officer for years before that and responded to Biden's statement by saying, Not possible. We also spoke to a member of the U.S. Marshals uh, Fugitive Recovery Task Force who has been on the job for 21 years. We, uh, When we told him what Biden said, he laughed out loud and said that's not even in the realm of possibilities. So we asked, do you use a 9mm round? He said, yes, and it's a hollow point, but it simply creates a better wound channel. It does not blow a lung out or any other organs. We told the Fugitive Recovery Task member that Biden also characterized a 9mm under a high-caliber weapon, and he laughed and said, 9mm is the smallest round we use. So, there's that. Now, if you caught it in there, he also talked about cannons, right? He couldn't, couldn't own a cannon when the, when, the, when the thing was done, right? Couldn't own a cannon. Okay, so let me skim through this. Um, obviously, before, during the Revolutionary War, people owned cannons and, and muskets and whatever else, right? But after the country was developed, after the country was, was a country, after we you know, had the Declaration of Independence and started our Constitution, we still didn't have an organized military, right? We had an army, we had marine, we had a somewhat regulated militia. Where, where did I hear that militia? Hmm. I don't know. I, I know I've heard that regulated militia somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> but we also we never had at that this point we didn't have a navy per se. So we had what people what you would call a privateer. So privateers were privately owned and operated ships that in wartime captured enemy ships for profit, while privateers received a license from the government that allowed them to uh, avoid being prosecuted for piracy. They were not part of the official navy. So any cannons they set sail with or that they seized from the enemy would be considered private property, not the property of the government or the regular military. So, when Biden said you weren't allowed to own a cannon during the Revolutionary War as an individual, the campaign was unable, um, so they were unable to come up with an example of law banning private ownership of cannons, and historians of the period doubt they existed. To the contrary, the document insists that privateers or privately owned vessels setting sail with cannons during the period. So, there you go. So, you might not have been carrying a cannon around like a bazooka, but to protect yourself on your ships, you had cannons. During the Revolutionary War, I guarantee you farmers and 
Minutemen and whoever all was involved in fighting because everyone fought for your for your independence, guarantee you there was cannons on people's farms. Guarantee you. But, you know, it's easy to, to say these things, and then he tries to downplay the Second Amendment by saying that, um, you know, the, the little line there where he says you need a F, you know, an F-15 or a, an Abrams tank. So, and he's, he's said that a few times before, but it's very concerning to me because if you're wanting to take people's AR, AR-15s away from them, um, and your argument is it doesn't matter anyway because if, if we're going to come after you, we're coming after you with jets and, and uh, tanks, so your little AR-15 isn't going to make a difference. I, I mean, it's almost like you're threatening us. The fact that, okay, I'm not saying that if you have an AR-15 that you're going to be able to take down an NF-14 or a tank or whatever, right? I, I get that. I understand what he's saying. But here's my question, or here's my statement, I should say. The fact of the matter is this. The reason this country has not been invaded, if you recall World War II, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, and I don't know the names of all the generals and admirals and whatever from Japan, but Fukushima, or whatever his name was, turned to the other guy and says something to the effect that, um, you know, you just woke up a sleeping giant because every behind every blade of grass is a rifle. That was 19, you know, 40, 41. What do you think it's like now? Behind every blade of grass, there's two rifles because, like I said, there's over 300 million firearms owned, legally owned in this country. That doesn't count the ones that are illegally owned. Oh, 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 PCGC just said illegally owned. See, he just admitted there's just people out there who owns illegal guns. Yeah, they're called, you know, criminals. They're called, uh, you know, gangsters. They're called, go to fucking South Central California. I guarantee you the guys toting AKs and shit around down there. Those aren't, they didn't go to the local gun shop and buy them. Guaranteed. Probably got them from the, over from Mexico. Got them across the border. Got them from... Someone smuggle them in from uh, Central America. So, whatever. Point being is, and and not to mention the fact that, yeah, I talk about gangsters in different parts of the country in South Central, blah, 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 whatever. Guarantee if shit hits the fan, we're all on the same team. But nonetheless, um, if your statement, Joe, is true, saying that it wouldn't matter because we have tanks and planes and whatever, uh, I think even at one point he said something about nuclear weapons. You're going to nuke your own fucking people? I mean, is that what we're doing? But anyway, if what you're saying is true, because we don't have planes and we don't have tanks and so on and so forth, um, why hasn't China invaded this country? Why hasn't Russia, why hasn't any of these these countries invaded this country? The closest they ever got, if you take terroristic um situations out of the equation the closest they ever gotten to us was hawaii why didn't they come closer even after that why didn't they come closer 
because they know. Furthermore, in your scenario, you assume that your uh, war, so to speak, would be against people like me. Um, I, I would. I kind of think that you've pissed off enough governors in this country that if, let's say, Florida was to succeed from the Union or Texas or whoever, National Guards that are in these states have equipment, and those guardsmen are under authority of the governor, not the president. So, I granted the, the uh, amount of hardware pales in comparison to the U.S. military, but that's beside my point. I'm just saying, don't underestimate the American people and the American patriot. But in true uh, Joe Biden and the White House fashion, uh, this came out, uh, I think this was this morning, so let's play. This is from, I, I don't know the lady's name, the new uh, press secretary, the, the, the new Jen Psaki, we'll call her that. You know, we'll leave it up to other countries uh, to set their policy on gun ownership. Uh, the president has made his position clear. The United States needs to act, as I just laid out. He supports a ban on sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines and expanded background checks to keep guns out of the dangerous hands. He does not support a ban on the sale of all handguns. So there you go. So why did he say it? That's my question. So he just says random shit. Then he, then he gets walked back. You know, typical, right? So I started thinking today. I know. Hold on. Sometimes I do that. I, I get it. So my question was this. Why, um, why, whenever we hear about gun deaths and oh x amount of people die every day and there's x amount of suicides and school shootings and there's you know x amount of mass shootings every year and you know mass shootings more than four people blah 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 right we whenever we talk about guns and the second amendment and banning guns and getting rid of you know what does she just say uh, ar-15s and high capacity magazines um which, by the way, not that I'm plugging any uh, company, you know, but there are plenty of uh, bulk ammo uh, online retailers, or even if you go to your local gun shop. But my advice to you is if you own an AR, an AK, um, anything like that, uh, you might want to heed this warning and buy some magazines and depending on what your ammo uh, capacity is you might want to stock up a little bit because if they go after nine millimeter <laughs> if they go after the a ak round or the the you know the the 30 round mag i mean of course he said 300 round i mean i've never seen short of a belt fed gun uh a civilian gun that shoots more than you know, shoots 300 rounds, whatever he said. So, I mean, he's a fucking idiot. He just makes shit up to sensationalize the situation. And because of these poor children were massacred by the hands of either one particular crazy person 
or another situation, however you want to, however you want to break it down. But nonetheless, these 19 kids and these two teachers were sacrificed for their agenda. And my question was, how many lives are saved by guns? And why don't gun controllers care? So if you say, um, I'm just going to throw a number out there. If you say 5,000 people are killed every, I'm sure it's higher, I don't know, but I'm just saying, are killed every year by, by firearms, whether it be murder or suicide. I, I know the number's higher, so don't, don't sue me. I'm just throwing a number out there. How many, how many are not because the other person had a gun? So, oddly enough, so I shouldn't say oddly enough, surprisingly enough, <laughs> they don't keep track of those records, so you have to really do some digging. So, I don't know if you, this is, this article's a couple years old, this was back in 2019, this was written by Larry Elder, if you guys don't know who he is, he recently just ran against uh, Newsom uh, for governor when they recalled Newsom, if the folks in California had half a brain, they would have elected him. But nonetheless, so so he writes this. You know, how many lives are saved each year through the use of firearms? So lost, and, and this is three years old, but this rings true today. So the numbers aren't going to be precise, but you're going to get the idea of what we're saying here. So lost in the current debate about gun control, three important points. First, how many lives are saved each year through the use of firearms. Now, we know that for the last several years, according to the CDC, which tracks all U.S. deaths by cause, roughly 11,000 lives have been lost through non-suicide deaths involving firearms each year. So why do they ignore the gun suicides? So following the 94 Brady Handgun Violence Protection or Prevention Act, uh, imposition of a five-day waiting period for 32 states previously not subject to such waiting periods. Gun control supporters expected those states would have seen a reduction in crime compared to the other 18 control states. But um, according to the Journal of American Medical Association, uh, our analysis provide no evidence that implementation of the Brady Act was associated with a reduction in homicide rate. We find no difference in homicide or firearm homicide rates to adult victims in the 32 states directly subject to the Brady Act provisions compared to the remaining controlled state. The study did find a, de a decrease in gun suicide for men over 55, but the overall suicide rate remained unchanged. Men over 55 simply resorted to other means of killing themselves. As for determining how many lives are saved by guns, regulations bar the CDC from conducting original research of a defensive use of firearms. But after Sandy Hook school massacre in 2012, Barack Obama issued an executive order allowing the agency to review existing studies on causes of and ways to reduce gun violence as a defensive uses as to defensive use of guns. The CDC report uh, said studies that directly assess the effect of, of actual defensive use of guns, for example, incidents in which gun was used in a crime victim in a sense of attacking or threatening an offender, 
have found consistently lower injury rates among gun-using crime victims compared with victims who use other self-protective strategies. Almost all national surveys estimate indicate that defensive gun use by victims are at least as common as offensive use by criminals, with estimates of annual using ranges about 500,000 to more than 3 million per year in the context of about 300,000 violent crimes involving a firearm. So criminologist and researcher Gary Kleck, using his own compromise, or I'm sorry, compromise, commission phone survey and number of ex, uh, extrapolation, ex, extrapolation, yeah, I said it right, <laughs> estimates that Americans use guns for de- defensive purposes 1.2 million times each year. And that one in six Americans who have used gun defensive, defensively believe someone would have died but for their ability to resort to their defensive use of firearms. 20 years ago, economist John Lott, author of More Guns, Less Crime, and his research partner found that allowing citizens to carry concealed weapons deter violent crimes, and it appears to produce no increase in accidental deaths in those states which did not have a right to carry concealed weapon provision had adopted them in 92. Approximately 1,570 murders, over 4,100 rapes, and over 60,000 aggravated assaults would have been avoided yearly. The second point often ignored is the very purpose of the Second Amendment. It is to prevent the government or prevent government tyranny through the power of a citizen's militia. Since many on the left announced this, like I said, this was wrote back when Trump was in office, but left denounced Trump as a tyrant or a dictator or a Hitler, they might find that the Second Amendment could come in handy. As to why a 19-year-old can legally get a gun, the Second Amendment refers to a well-regulated militia as a necessary for our freedom. And yes, a 19-year-old is part of the militia. Section 311 of the U.S. Code, Title 10, says a militia of the United States consists of able-bodied males at least 17 years of age and under 45 years of age who, who have made declaration of intention to become citizens of the United States and of female citizens of the United States who are members of the National Guard. Third, many on the left want to ban the mentally ill from attaining firearms. Currently, Firearms cannot be legally possessed by someone determined by a judge to be a danger to himself or the others. What about people who do not meet the standards? It was the left who prominently, the American Civil Liberties Union, that in the 70s successfully pushed to an end of involuntary commitment for those who do not meet the standard. Bruce Enos became legal uh, director of the ACLU in 77 and is known as the father of the mental health bar. In 74, he said, My personal goal is either to abolish involuntary commitment or to set up so many procedural roadblocks and hurdles that will be difficult, if not impossible, for the state to commit people against their will. So where does this leave us? Given the large number of defensive uses of guns, that the purpose of the right to keep and bear arms is to stop government tyranny, and the legal and moral difficulties of taking guns away from crazy people. Um, 
Trump's prescription to harden the target and eliminate gun-free zones makes the most sense. So, basically, what they're saying is, you're stupid, no, that when giving the um, option to defend yourself, then, okay, let's put it this way, school shootings. If the school re- i'm gonna i'm gonna make this broad i'm not even gonna talk about just uvalde but the last couple of school shootings where there was or should have been a um a school resource officer on campus where that person should have been able to deter the situation they either in uvalde's case wasn't there for whatever reason now some say it's well resources he's covering two different schools blah 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 okay whatever supposedly when he got there according to their story he confronted the gunman blah 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 i've said this before go to your kid's school i know school's probably out for some of y'all but next year when school starts up again next school year go to your kid's school maybe inquire who's the school resource officer i don't care if it's elementary school or high school what does matter obviously it doesn't matter because these situations are happening everywhere. I mean, I shouldn't say everywhere, but it doesn't matter if it's at the high school. This, this uh, Ramos, whatever his name was, if 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 for whatever reason he went to this elementary school because it was the first thing he came across, then whatever. But if his if his point of doing this was because he was being bullied and picked on and so on and so forth, like you've heard those stories then why didn't he go to the high school? So if he went to the elementary school on accident or whatever the case may be, my point being is you want to fix the problem. So you want to take guns out of my hands because no one questioned the fact that this kid turned 18 on uh, May 16th or something like that. And the next day he bought his first $2,000 gun. And then three days later bought his other $2,000 gun on top of a couple hundred rounds of ammo and body armor and so on and so forth. No one questioned that, right? You make the target hard, right? So when you go to your school, your kid's school, whether school's in now or you wait till next school year, inquire about the school resource officer because my kids are out of school. But I do recall when they were in school, and I'm not making fun of the officers that were working there, but they were older gentlemen, uh, not in the best shape, um, probably had some time in with the, with the uh, it was probably a cake job. It was probably a cake assignment because as much as you want to sensationalize school shootings, how often do they really happen? I mean, compared to how many schools are in this whole country, how often do you see school shootings? And I'm not trying to say, okay, we had a school shooting, big deal. I'm not trying to say that. One school shooting's too many. I get that. My point is, out of the however many thousands of schools there are across this country, when the local police department of said town that has an elementary school, a middle school, high school, junior high, whatever you got, um, and you got to assign an officer to that school. And if it's a situation where you get to 
I'm a senior officer. I've been with the with the force for 20 years. I should get that cushy gig. And if it's like a seniority thing, you know, I get that. But in these situations, maybe you don't. I'm not saying put a rookie on there either because he's, you know, 22 years old, fresh out of the academy. He's fit and virile. I'm not saying that. But maybe you look at like the 10-year veteran who's like in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. He's been doing the job for a little while, so he knows a little something about something, but he's still fit enough to be able to do what needs to be done if something needs to be done. And that's my point. It's like in Parkland, by all accounts, the school resource officer hid. In Uvalde, we don't really know the story because we've heard about three different stories. Where was the guy, where was the school resource officer in Sandy Hook? Was there one there? And so on and so forth. Criminals are going to do bad things. Okay? So it's up to the police for us to not defund them, but give them the resources to be able to do their job. And as far as me owning a gun or you owning a gun, we should be able to conceal carry. We should, I don't even care about conceal carry. I think we should have open carry. Because an armed society is a polite society. Guarantee you, you'll see... If you're walking around Walmart and you've got a, you know, a Colt 45 on your side and everyone sees that Colt 45, you're probably not going to mess with that person. More than likely. You might think twice about going in and robbing that convenience store when you walk in there and you see two or three people that are armed. I'm just, just thinking. According to this um, article I read... You had, what was it, 1.6, or I'm sorry, 1.2 million times that American used a gun for defensive purposes. Of that, one in six said it would have been bad if they didn't have a gun. So that's roughly 200. 300,000 people that may have died or gotten raped or whatever the case was. And chances are, in these situations, the other person had a gun or a knife. And then you pull, when someone pulls a knife out on you, you give them the old Sean Connery from The Untouchables. You bring a knife to a gunfight, right? Just saying, I'm not advocating that you need to go out and buy a gun. Because I would assume the majority of the people listening to this, I don't need to give that advice to. But I will give you this advice. Maybe do an inventory of your ammo. Maybe listen to what Dick Weed is saying. And maybe, maybe, if you feel the need to, buy a few extra rounds. Because if they get rid of 9mm, then you're stuck. If, if you have 9mm. Um... Just food for thought. So I'm going to leave it at that um, because I'm really pissed off because I'm tired. And like I said, I, Mitch McConnell, guys, if you live in Kentucky and you listen and you need to call him, tell him to leave the shit alone. Because like I said, they're going to compromise on this. They always do. Las Vegas shooter, think about it.
They wanted to go after the ARs then. What did they do? They took the bump stock, which I don't want to sit there and downplay what they did because I just like I have bump stocks. I could care less. Um, to me, that's more of a was more of a novelty thing. So you got to think hard. Okay, they took bumps. What else is there to take away from you other than limiting what you have, whether it's capacity, ammo, whatever the case may be? Um, as far as background checks, I've never been able to buy a gun without a background check. So I don't know what, where this whole extensive background check crap comes from because you have to do a background check. Even if you order a gun online, you still have to do a background check. If you go to, you know, Bob's bobsgunemporium.com to buy a AR-15, they don't send it to your house. They send it to your local gun shop. They'll pop up and say, okay, these, you know, five FFL licensed dealers, blah, 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 are in your neck of the woods. Which one do you want to send it to? And you pick one, they send it there. And when you go there, you have to fill out the proper documentation. And then if that, if whatever state you live in has a holding period, unless you have your concealed, then you got to go through the proper channels. It doesn't work like that. Gun doesn't show up and get set out in your porch like it's a fucking Amazon package. But anyway, with that being said, and if shit does hit the fan, and we've tell, been telling you guys, stock up on food and stock up on, you know, essentials and batteries and, you know, just in case shit hits the fan, blah, 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 blah. We've never really talked about ammo, but looks like we're going to have to. All right, guys, with that being said, please don't forget to whatever app you're listening to this on, if you give us a good rating, please uh, subscribe to the show, no matter what um, podcast app you're listening to this on, because that helps with the ratings and the the being seen by other people, I guess. And then please share this with your friends. Uh, Go to our Facebook page, like the page if you'd like to. If you're on the Facebook, Don't Tread on America. Uh, on Instagram, Don't Tread on America, and on Twitter at uh, DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to subscribe to our website, it's DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And you can subscribe to that, and I promise I won't spam you to death. All right, guys, other than that, it is June 1st, 2022, and I am your host, Don Q. I will talk to you again on Friday. Have a great day.